Looking to start a podcast of your own? This year, Podcast Movement, the world's largest podcaster conference, will be in Chicago. Learn more at podcastmovement.com and use code CPC to save $30 off registration. It is the Chicago First podcast on the Dynasty Podcast Network, featuring interviews with Chicago's premier artists and industry and creatives and culture leaders. Hosted by Haima Black. Welcome to Chicago. All right, Haima Black with Dynasty Podcast. I'm here with Taylor Bennett, man. How are you doing tonight? Yo, man, I'm feeling really good. Uh, you know, I always appreciate you having me out on the show. You've been supporting since day one, so um feeling great and just blessed to be alive now here today. So Yeah, man, dude, I love that. It's so positive. There's all these great things going on with you that I want to talk about bit by bit. But first of all, you just had a birthday like a couple days ago, right? Uh, it was yesterday. Yeah. Yesterday. I just turned 20 yesterday. Yeah. You just turned 20. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. I can't believe I'm 50 years older than you. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, happy birthday. Yeah, thanks, man. I really appreciate you, man. Yeah. Did you have any, like, did you do anything fun? Did you have a good birthday? Yeah, just, uh, you know, I just hung out with some friends. Uh, I got to see a lot of people that were in town over um, winter break before they got to go back to school. So uh, just a lot of um, reconnecting and, you know, hanging out, socializing, gathering. It was awesome. Right on. So we're going to talk about the record because you have this new record, and that's amazing. But something else big that just happened for you a couple weeks ago was you did a sold-out show at Lincoln Hall. When was that? It was in December, right? Um, yeah, it was December 26th. It was the day after Christmas. That's right. uh, and it was it was extremely crazy. Uh, we sold out Lincoln Hall. It's the second time selling it out. Um, this time it was for my um, fourth project and first album, Broad Shoulders. So. Yeah. I mean, and that's nuts. And I watched the recap video. There's a recap video. You can find it on like Fake Shore Drive and around the around the internet. And it looked like you were having a total blast. Was it a fun show? Yeah, man, it was amazing. Uh, you know, I've always just wanted to have fun when I'm performing. And you know, I look at other great performers such as Chance and you know Kanye and um, all types of just other artists. And you know, it's just all about having fun. And as long as I can entertain the crowd, and you know, I can still enjoy myself and love doing what I'm doing. You know. It's the best time ever. You know yeah. Now, you mentioned Kanye. Um, for you, who would be like a dream performer or collaborator to work with, whether it's on a song or live? Like, who is your like absolute top of the list? <laughs> um, well, I mean, I guess that's a tricky question. And I always uh, end up telling people that it's chance, even though we already have a song. Uh, not to be, you know, on some like doppelganger stuff. But, uh, you know, I just. In terms of just artists, you know, I don't see any other artists that, you know, can push no matter who the collaborator is so much that, you know, they can change their style and they can, you know, move them and show them different realms. You know, that's always what my music has been about, no matter if I was working with King Louie on New Chevy or Lil Herb on Crimboulet or Chance on Broad Shoulders. Um, it's just always been to push the collaborator to make the best art and piece that we can make, not to, you know, show the other guy up or, you know, go head to head on in a battle, but just to, you know, make art. And um, I I know that, you know, my brother Chance is just somebody that really understands and, you know, appreciates that. So um, I guess I've had my dream collaboration, but I mean, I'd love to work with, you know, very many other artists I'm really close with. Um, Kendrick, um, you know, I would love to work with Lil Wayne. That'd be crazy. Uh, that'd be nuts. You know, that'd be nuts. Yeah. I've been talking to R. Kelly about doing some work. And I mean, one of my, the reason why I started rapping is... Um, Twister, and I've become really close with him, so we're going to get in the studio really soon. Uh, it's so. amazing, though, how Twista has become, like, kind of this elder statesman. I don't even mean that remotely as, like, a knock to age at all, but he's, he's, 
he's really kind of this legendary figure who's still around. A lot of times when we have these figures that we talk about, the way that I think Twister gets talked about, it means they've passed on. But Twister's somebody who's still with us. But he's really become a legend, you know, yeah. for a lot of people. Well, you know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, I really, you know, I really pry uh, him on that. And I know I told him that in the conversation, you know, and not saying, you know, that other, you know what I'm saying, artists have changed up or anything like that. But, you know, he's definitely showed me that, you know, there's um, so many different possible lifestyles that you can live as an artist and an entertainer. And, you know, you can either be, you know, um, part way connected with your audience or your fan base or your city or um, your genre of music or your art in general or you know you could be somebody that is you know just going out to every show and always supporting and you know um, I think I get a lot of that from him uh, you know but I just went to a heard everybody's show at Reggie's the other day that mm-hmm. was sold out uh, those are my really good friends I've been working on some music with them and uh, he was just obviously there, and, you know, like, he came out, and, you know, he did uh, all his, you know what I'm saying, hits, and, you know, he played Stay Awake, their huge hit, and it was just awesome to see him come out, and that support, it's just, you know, it's insane. Yeah, he stays connected to what's going on each generation, absolutely, man. Now, the big news with you, you know, that we've kind of been leading up to, of course, you have this new album, it's called Broad Shoulders, um... And that just came out, what, like December as well, right? Yeah, that just came out December 14th. Now, that got a big premiere on Rolling Stone, which I thought was a really amazing look. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that struck me was that it seemed like you hadn't been hyping the album in advance. It seemed like it kind of dropped out of nowhere. Is that fair? Um, well, yeah, I guess you could kind of say that's fair. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. I guess it's, you know, it's just all from different perspectives, you know, um, it's always been about the game plan. It's always been about, you know, the promotion of the project. And, you know, sometimes you just have to work differently. Um, typically, you know, the typical release would be something like, um, you know, maybe um, dropping a single and, you know, getting some blogs or post it and something like that. But um, this time around, we thought that we would drop Happy Place, which was the first visual um, as a single off of the Broad Shoulders project. Um, and then drop Broad Shoulders feature in Chance the Rapper, of course, um, the title track off of Rolling Stones as well, and then uh, drop Broad Shoulders off of Rolling Stone as well, uh, the project in full. And, you know, the thing about the promotion was kind of just, I wanted to connect with my fans and I wanted them to realize that, you know, it wasn't just a simple marketing strategy, but I really wanted to show them that, there was something that was in the project that was um, worth the wait, you know, mm-hmm. worth the while, worth the year of me working and, you know, just putting my time and every day and every minute into it. Uh, one of the big things that we did was Happy Place was the first video to drop, and that's the first single on the tape. And then Broad Shoulders was the second single to drop as an MP3, and that's the last single on the tape. So the idea kind of is when you, you know, you get these two songs and, you know, you're kind of hearing them, and as a fan, you're trying to get a picture and an idea, and then you kind of get the tape, and you're just totally blown away. And uh, I had enough faith in the music and the production by Ludlow uh, to just, you know, really surprise the fans and just really kind of uh, just go on a leap of faith to hope that they loved it. Yeah, and you brought up so much that I want to pick apart bit by bit. So, you know, let's start with the record itself. How does it feel that it's out now? Well, I mean, you know, it's crazy because, like I was saying, you know, you got to sit back and you got to get these perspectives of these artists and, uh, 
you know, you get time to actually absorb and learn who you are as a person and also who you want to portray as an artist. And, um, I mean, for this project, it was crazy because, you know, the whole time that, you know, you're sitting and you're watching these people, you're not actually putting music. And, you know, uh, when you have a fan base that's as loyal and as great as I'm blessed to have, you know, they're constantly asking, where's the music? Where's the music? Where's the music? Where's the music? And, you know, I had to get to the point where I realized that it's more about making perfection and making a beautiful craft and really going as in-depth to the project and single or song or whatever piece that I'm creating as possible to give to the fans um, than, you know, just throwing out singles and, you know, just quick because, you know, I really wanted a project. That's what, you know, I thought that I was missing in my career. You know, I had... Um, done really big shows with Iggy Azalea and the shows with Nas and all types of sold-out shows. And we had put out a bunch of different uh, successful albums, like Mainstream Music was on Pepsi's website for a week. It was a great drop as well. But I really needed a solid project, and I felt like that was something I could stand on, something that could be my acid rap or my college dropout or my um, OD or... Uh, and you know, I was blessed to be able to find a producer like Ludlow that I could work with that, you know, literally was making the music that I was thinking and producing it, so. Yeah, well, I mean, it's interesting. You bring up, like, college dropout acid rap, and I was listening to this record, and this is, in my opinion, a much more, I think, emotional, textured, mature record. It sounds more grown up right. in its delivery and its content. You know, there's still some, like, joking around. There's still right. some, like, you know... You're still a young dude. You can still tell you're a young dude, but it does feel like a more mature approach. Was that your mindset in crafting this? Yeah. Uh, my mindset when I was crafting this is, you know, it was um, almost typical, but just more of an expansion on the idea from my last project, which was um, mainstream music. And the idea of mainstream music was that it was for everyone. It was for um, young people, old people, black people, white people, gay people, straight people. You know, it doesn't matter. You know, it's for everybody. And that's always been what, you know, I've wanted to be about as an artist. And with um, Broad Shoulders, my idea was, you know, with tracks like Dancing in the Rain that, you know, are my grandmother's favorite tracks mm -hmm. or tracks like um, Fall Back Fools, that's my girlfriend's favorite track or, you know, things like that. Um, I really wanted to make music that was really for everyone, and I wanted to keep that in mind when I was working on the project. But I also wanted to remind people, I know that a lot of people um, get older as artists, you know, they start off young as teenagers, and then they grow into being, you know, these successful entertainers, and, you know, they really don't ever get a chance or remember to pay tribute to the fact that, you know, they were teenagers or they were young when they wrote this music. and. I wanted to really sh um, speak from the platform that I had as youth, and you know um, that's a that's something that I've definitely been blessed with, and um, a resource that I have for a lot of teens and people that you know don't have voices and can't really talk to you know base these emotions that are you know everyday feelings and a part of people's daily lives and activities. Um, well, because you you have like a younger fan base, and you're a younger guy, you know, like you said, you just turned twenty, and you're right, like when you're young. You have this different perspective. Like, look, you know, I interview a lot of young artists. I teach at Columbia. I'm around, like, 18, 19-year-olds teaching them. And that's, you know, I can connect to that, but it's not like I'm 19 years old. So you've got that unique perspective that you absolutely can bring to the music while it's still something that you possess and it's authentic. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Something else that I noticed with the record is that when Rolling Stone was writing about it, they called this your debut album. And like you said, you've had multiple projects out before. We talked for mainstream music. 
What was it about this that made it an album versus your other projects that were classified as mixtapes? Well, um, I mean, there's a couple different things that technically um, made an album. Um, the first thing is it's 100% sample free. Um, so there are no samples. Um, that's, I think, in the headline on the Rolling Stones as well. Mm -hmm. uh, but also, um, the music, this is the first project that I'm actually selling. So it's sold through iTunes and it's streaming on, um, you know, um, Spotify, Tidal, yeah. those kind of things. But it's also available for free on um, SoundCloud for streaming. So, um, and that's where it's the biggest at. So it's kind of like, you know, a for free and if you want to donate type thing as well, which is awesome. Uh, so that also made it an album. Mm -hmm. And then um, what I think also made it an album is just, you know, the time and, you know, the um, work. It's this, you know, it's one producer and it's one artist. And I mean, there's multiple amazing features, but you know, it was really us two just putting in thousands of hours just working on this project. So, um, you know, I think, you know, how much time we put in mixing it and mastering it, it nothing like nothing before. So um, that's, I guess, why I think, you know, yeah. or call it the first album. I mean, when I heard it, I, I felt like that was the correct classification for it, but I just wanted to, you know, kind of hear your take. Now, on the record, you have a bunch of great collaborators. Um, including but not limited to Donnie Trumpet, uh, Joey Perp, King Louie, a lot of great Chicago talent. How did those collaborations come together? I'd imagine these are just people you're able to call on the phone and ask if they wanted to come hang? Or Yeah, um, well, uh, a lot of different things came in different ways. Um, Max Schneider is um, an amazing artist. Um, he's been doing his thing for a really long time. Um, I got a chance to meet him back in the day. His girlfriend actually... Um, is uh, from Chicago, so, you know, we actually got a chance to talk, um, not through her, but just, you know, based off mutual relations, and he's an amazing artist, and, you know, we connected. But he was awesome. That was somebody that I just ended up running into on the street randomly, and he was like, yo, man, I haven't seen you. I was like, yo, man, I haven't seen you. He was like, yo, we got to get in the studio, and then we made that. Um, and then, like, King Louie, you know, I've he was, um, he's basically, you know, I consider him family. Uh, he gave me my first... Uh, big hit, new Chevy, mm -hmm. um, with a great feature on it. So I definitely wanted to get him in tune. And I know our fan base loves when we can collaborate. And I know his audience does as well. So, um, And then, I mean, with Chance, it was the first song that we ever uh, created. So the thing was that um, I was, you know, I was really working on it. And I told him, I was like, yo, you know, I really, you know, I think I'm ready to actually, you know, work on this track. You know, I think that... Uh, you know, where uh, I've done enough in my career, you know, to kind of establish myself as a immediate right. artist. And, you know, I want to, you know, get to the big leagues and, you know, I need your help, you know what I'm saying? And if you, you know what I'm saying, got the time and, you know, he uh, he thought, I guess he agreed as well. So, you know, we made the track and it uh, was something that was really heartfelt. Uh, mm -hmm. and yeah, it's a standout track. Yeah, so, and I mean, with Donnie, we, uh, I just hit up Donnie, you know, I've known Donnie since been in high school. He went to Whitney Young. I went to Skinner, so we used to hang out after school every day. We got the same friends, me, him, Joey, Vic. So, I mean, same thing with Joey. So I called Joey. Um, and, I mean, everyone else, I mean, just uh, everyone else, you know, it kind of just came along and came together from there. I mean, um, it sounds very much like a family and friends affair. And we were even talking before the mic was on about some mutual people we know, and we were like, Chicago's a small city, and it sounds like everybody that you're listing are all just people that, like, you had a pre-existing relationship with. It's not someone in a record label boardroom being like, sorry, we got to get, like, you know, whoever on the track. Yeah, the uh, you know, that's another big thing about this is, um, you know, we went through TuneCore for distribution. So, uh, 
you know, we didn't need any big record labels or any um, execs, you know, pushing our stuff to these different um, outlets and resources. And what was great is that, you know, we had we knew people over at Tidal and over at Apple that mm -hmm. were, you know, willing to give a handout um, to young, thriving artists to be able to put this project out the way that we did. Um, you know, um, me, uh, the producer, uh, Up North, and my manager, Joseph KB, all executively produced this project. Um, so, I mean, it was a lot of work that went into it um, in the backgrounds, but it, it came out great. I mean, it, it really feels like it was delivered correctly. I mean, the fact that it premiered on Rolling Stone with a full album stream, I mean, that's huge. And that's not something that every artist gets, you know. Something that is very apparent looking at you, looking at Chance, and I'm, you know, I'm very uh, aware to not always draw that comparison, but I feel like in this space it's apt you and Chance are both very deliberately creating your own infrastructure. You're avoiding the traditional music infrastructure. Right. Why is that, you know, you can't maybe speak for him, but for you, why is that important and how do you approach, you know, making your own model to your music? Um, well, I mean, it's, it's really important to me because, you know, I always feel that, you know, you should run your own business. And um, especially as an artist, you know, I think that if you do want to sell your music or, you know, you do want to market your art, then, you know, let me market my art. That's always, uh, I wrote a song years ago when I was like 16 and um, it was talking about don't box market my art, let me market my art. That was the course. And, uh, you know, I've just always had the perspective of, you know, the way that I see a lot of labels nowadays is, you know, they're all, um, not to say they're all, but, you know, a lot of them are, you know, just building on rousters and they're like, yo, we got this artist and we got this artist. And, you know, they're going back and forth and there's too much of that going on and not enough creativity and not enough free space for the artist to breathe and really create the music that the audience and the listeners want to hear. So, you know, I've, I, uh, I never wanted to be limited to resources as well. Um, I forget what, uh, forget what book it is um i know you're gonna know it um what is the what is the book about uh they got like oh my god i think i'm okay so now i'm gonna totally lose it but it's like the it's like the book about like there's basically like no color or something like that uh hmm. there's like no color and they're basically like uh making like it's like the craziest thing ever. Uh, I can't even remember what the name of it is right now. But the point is that uh, I believe the author said something that I always remember. Uh, my literature teacher just kept making me write it. That's what we had to do in detention. We're like, write his favorite lines from literature books. Stupid, right? <laughs> you uh, know, that's a, that's a better strategy than just sitting there wasting your time, yeah, though. It is. Yeah. But yeah, well, no, we never did that. I went to Urban Prep. It's amazing um, school. But yeah, my favorite artist, or not my favorite artist, but one of my favorite quotes from this author. Um, it goes something like, um, the only thing that I've ever feared is someone else telling me or someone else limiting me or telling me what is enough or telling me. So, but, and I really feel like that, you know, I never want anybody to tell me what's too much or what isn't enough. You know, I never want to be limited. You know, I always want to be able to be um, in control, especially if it's my art, um, you know, and I just believe that, you know, that's how things really should go. So that's why... Um, I kind of stray away um, from a lot of labels. Um, but, I mean, I've worked with a lot of different uh, streaming companies, and I've worked with Apple, and, you know, um, I've worked with Vibe and a lot of different blogs. And, um, you know, I've 
talked and had conversations with a lot of different labels as well. And um, they're always nice. You know, they're always, you know, they're helpful. You know, it's not like we hate them. But, uh, you know, my idea is always, you know, let's work together. I don't want to work for you. You know, let's, I want to work with you. Uh, Well, and I I think now, and obviously we're seeing this with examples like you, Chance, and and a number of other artists. Now you can go pretty far without having to sign up with a label where, like, they own your masters and things like that. You know, and you mentioned the streaming companies. Now I think... If you're an artist and you have a relationship with a title or a SoundCloud or an Apple Music or something like that, and you can get some press and you have good social, like, that's a big portion of it right there. And, I mean, the great thing, the thing about us, too, is that, you know, um, having the connections to the people at Tidal and to the people at Apple um, and to the people at Spotify, that was just, like, the icing on the cake because the real, the real ice cream was um, TuneCore and just the fact that, mm-hmm. you know, we could just pay maybe uh, $10, $20 and we can get on these platforms that, you know, there's a lot of artists that are, you know, losing an arm and a leg for. Uh, and then we knew these streaming people and we knew Apple, so we were able to get good placements and that helped even more, you know. Uh, so that was an amazing thing too. Uh, but really TuneCore killed it and you know they're helping a lot of artists out now and anybody can get on TuneCore uh I push it so much to I mean I have a lot of friends that are getting into it I got a lot of people on Twitter I just told a kid today he was asking he's like how'd you get your stuff on iTunes how'd you get your stuff on Spotify I'm like yo just go to TuneCore.com like you look it up you know get the 1995 package you know dude what you're saying is crazy though because I feel like you know, we do, we're doing this interview right now. I do a lot of, like, panel and workshop-type events as well, uh, you know, in the city with different partners and stuff. We should do a is a different conversation with a live audience that's geared around, like, how to be that independent artist, how to execute. I mean, you got a lot on your plate, but at some point we should do that, man. No, that'd be amazing. You know, um, I was just thinking about that. Uh, actually, I've been thinking about it a lot lately. Um, you know, I think that, you know, one of my things is, you know, I've always, if you ask anybody in my family, they always tell you, you know, they're like, you know, he's always been about trying to get his money. He's always wanted a lot of money, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, my thing is that, you know, I, I do, you know, I do really like money. I think money's cool, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, I do just like being my own boss. And, you know, something that, you know, I really like to show, if anything, um, to this new generation of artists is that, you know, I want them to market their art and I want them to sell their art. And, you know, I think that um, the creators, it's time for, you know, people that are behind the scenes that are actually, you know, pushing the work instead of having all these companies that have built up over time, you know, pushing out and overselling them and taxing and giving them percentages. Like, why don't you get 100 percent? Why don't you get 50 percent? Why don't you, you know, get your LLC together? Why don't you get your label or production company? Everything you're talking about is what I teach at Columbia. I bring up the example of uh, comedians like Aziz Ansari and Louis C.K., <laughs> who's special, who they sell their specials through their website. Right. And if it's five bucks and you buy it, they get the full five dollars, which doesn't sound like a big deal That's until a million people buy that. Right. And then there you go. Right. Whole, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a, it's a uh, you know, that's a huge thing. Um, yeah. And, you know, iTunes is there. I mean, iTunes just going through, I know you've always been able I don't know if you have to go through TuneCore to get um on iTunes but I know you've always been able to get through um iTunes and I know they've always done a pretty good deal I think they just take 30% and mm-hmm. they leave you with 70 and that's I mean that's just a pretty good deal off that yeah, you know yeah. um so I mean you know I you know it's just a new day and age and you know uh I think it's time for you know, people to just kind of start catching on. Hopefully, you know, I, I mean, I do see more artists nowadays doing the same thing. So 
I mean, I'm glad that it's working. I'm glad that people are, you know. No, man, I think it's an exciting time to be creative and innovative. And if you have those skill sets, you're persistent, you can really make things happen. The record is called Broad Shoulders. Now that it's out, you know, and it's the beginning of the year, we've got the whole year ahead of us. Like, what does this open up for you now that the record's out? People can hear it. People can, you know, listen to it or buy it on iTunes. What doors are open for you now in 2016? Well, um, I'm still with Kara Lewis. Uh, she's still one of the biggest booking agents in the game. So, you know, I'm looking at a lot of live shows. Um, of course, as we discussed earlier, I did the um, last sold-out show at Lincoln Hall. So mm -hmm. I really want to do a lot of festivals. Um, I want to get down to South By. I want to destroy yes. it. Um, but I think, you know, just the little structure of, you know, how we dropped the project um, right before the year came in, you know, it gives people a table or a surface to go back on and say, who is this guy? So I got, you know, a backbone, and now it's about, you know, just putting out the jams and making the collaborations and being the guy that people, you know, know that I can or my artists or um, the artists that my fan base and audience believe that I can be. Um, so, you know, I got a lot on my plate, but, you know, I'm just... Working to try to finish it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, man. No, it's exciting. Uh, the record is called Broad Shoulders. It's out now everywhere you find music online. Uh, Taylor Bennett, man, this is an awesome chat. I really, really enjoyed this, man. I'm so glad we got to catch up. Last time you and I sat down and looked was like spring 2014, yeah. so it's been a minute. Yeah. And I really would genuinely like to, at some point this year, I would love to set up like a workshop-type event with you where you really showcase how artists can go out and be independent and do it themselves, man. Yeah, that'd be dope, man. We should uh, definitely link up and just connect and get on that, man. It'd be awesome. I love it, man. Thank you so much for taking the time today. Really appreciate it. It was great to catch up with you. Yeah, man, no doubt. Thanks for having me out on Dynasty, man. You guys are the best. You've been listening to a production of Dynasty Podcast. Find more Dynasty Podcasts at DynastyPodcast.com. For the Dynamic Dynasty, Dynasty Descent.